Dear listener, it's Monday morning, the dreaded beginning of the work week, and Matt and I have some advice for you to make it through the next five days on this mini-episode of The Working Experience. Enjoy. The Working Experience. Route 93 North is almost at a standstill. It's a rough one out there this morning. Snow and sleep. There is no service on the... Stand clear of the closing doors, please. Uh, Yeah, folks, we're going to be a few minutes. We have train traffic ahead of us. We should be moving shortly. Y'all need that report ASAP. Where are we on that presentation? And HR wants to see you. Did you return that email yet? We have a team meeting at 10. You stay late, Bob. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> They're moving in a different direction. And after the meeting, we'll have a breakout session. Who ate my Where are my hot pockets? This microwave is disgusting. Oh, God, what's that? He was no. living his Sexual toenails at his desk. I can't take it Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Working Experience Podcast. It's Matty K. And John, welcome on this fine Monday morning. Uh, it's a little brisk here in New York. How is it uh, in Boston, Matt? Oh, more than a little brisk. It, it dipped, it's dipped down last week to, uh, I woke up to 19 degrees one morning. Pretty, Ooh, pretty that's, that's when you get to get the value pack of the snuggy blankets from good old Amazon. Let me tell you, Loon Mountain just opened yesterday. Ooh. Yeah. Cannon Mountain's opening November 23rd. So, uh, yeah. Be pretty Would it good. be socially acceptable for you to wear a snuggly blanket for class? Uh, sure. Yeah, why not? Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. People show up to work in their pajama bottoms these days. So, yeah. I've seen a teacher in, well... They could barely pass as not pajamas, but she definitely had slippers on. I'm <laughs> just like, where has the line been? I don't want to get too personal, but I sort of thought, like, did you take a shower this morning, or did you just not? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm work? more ex- I'm, I'm more accepting of that disheveled look in the creative media space. I mean, standard like wear is like jeans and a t-shirt. Yeah, you know it's yeah. it's really but for me I don't know this is probably dating us we're old men but pajama bottoms oh come on and I don't know there's Ugh. also something about like like which is also very popular right now is the gray sweatpants Ugh. I mean they some some of them look presentable and nice but. I don't no. know. You, if you're coming to work in sweatpants, I always go back ah. to uh, Jerry Seinfeld's quote to George Costanza when he's wearing sweatpants again. He goes, "You know what? You tell the world by wearing sweatpants. <laughs> right, right. I give up. So I might That's as such well a great... be comfortable. I give up. That's <laughs> Just... such a great line. I give up. And it's comes... like a min. It's like a minivan. Yeah. I give up. It comes I'm done. Right from uh, Larry David. Just." I, I give up. <laughs> I can't do it anymore. When I see a guy, I've seen guys my age, so it's not just our age, my age in the grocery store in their pajama bottoms. I'm just like, you can't, you've given up. Yeah. You, you, you're so swamped and depressed and overwhelmed, you can't even put a pair of jeans on. Yes, jeans, about, sweatpants. You can't even put a pair of sweatpants. Oh yeah, on. it's just speaking about giving up. Larry David, before he hit it big with with Seinfeld, was like a living embodiment of what he makes fun of right now. He was not successful. He was like an 
okay stand-up comic. Do you know I, the story? I think even he said he was not okay. <laughs> it was real. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was he just because he was what he was. His act was basically like what you see on Curb Your Enthusiasm in Seinfeld, and it would just it would constantly fall flat. And you know he was just he he was living. I gotta say paycheck to paycheck. It was pretty rough. And then he he hit the mother load with Seinfeld. Oh no, he was living in a single room occupancy hotel. I read this article. I've read it several times in uh, the New Yorker. They had a profile when he was forty years old. He was living in a single room occupancy place, like it was subsidized housing for artists, which you could still get in New York in the seventies and eighties. He drove a limo. Um, he, he's a college graduate, graduated from the University of Maryland. Uh, his mother kept hounding him to take a civil service exam because <laughs> he didn't like he had he'd written for that show Fridays, which you can still find on YouTube. It's not very funny. It, it was like an answer to Saturday Night Live. Then that folded, and then he was fired from Saturday Night Live. You know that episode where George Costanza gets fired. Because he used his boss's bathroom, and then he tells his yes, boss off. Yes, And then he yes. just shows up back to work. You, you know those episodes still hold up oh, to today. Huge, huge. Well, that's ba- Larry David did that. He he was on Saturday Night Live. One of his <laughs> his skits got cut. I don't think he ever had one skit. I think he had one skit, and then it got cut. And he like laid in. I don't know if it was Lauren Michaels or anybody. And then he said, "I'm driving home, or I'm going home." And I realized I don't have a job. <laughs> and Seinfeld, like that was Jerry Seinfeld's show. That they didn't know who Larry David was, but yeah, he talk about. I don't want to call it luck because he's very talented, obviously. But like, talk about right place, right time. I mean, that was like huge. well, and also talk about like perseverance. I mean, the guy's forty years old. Kind and by failed, all measures, yeah, failure. Not, not, not. Kind of by all measures of culture and society, he is an abject failure. Especially like, for being a no, college graduate. Oh yes. He tells this story. He's driving a limo, right, and he's waiting for these people wherever he had. You know, they were having dinner or something like that. So he's waiting outside. He's standing at the limo, and this guy walks by who he'd graduated from college with. (laughs) And the guy, he said, the guy just looks at him, and he looked at him, and neither of them said, the guy just looked at the ground. He was so embarrassed that, like, here's Larry David. Like, I know, like, the guy was more embarrassed than Larry David was. He just didn't know what to say to him. Like, it's it's such a great I mean I would almost love to do that is to be like you know working at like Chicka Flick or Burger King and like like either like you or like Tony or Joe walks up to order and I'm and I'm there with the headset the hat <laughs> <laughs> you've got the short sleeve button up t-shirt with the tie button up uh, dress shirt with the tie yeah and it's yeah. like uh, oh hey, hey hey John how's the uh How's how's the company and the podcast Great. going? Great. Great. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> Amazing. I'm just yeah. in in fact in fact Burger King's a sponsor. That's yeah. why I'm here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I well, remember in American Beauty, he's he's working he's like I want the job with the least amount of responsibility. I think I definitely 
whenever I'm in the grocery store, I see the person bagging the groceries. I'm like, I just want to do that. I'm not interested in any of like research papers or any of this stuff doing, you know, I was just working Saturday morning, still grading papers. I'm like, just bag your gro- or be a construction worker, you know. That'd be great. Well, no, it's, it's funny. It's like I was a caddy and I'd look back at those days fondly. Yeah. But it was like manual labor. But you'd get up in the morning, you know, you'd, you'd do your loop, you'd be done, you'd have money in your pocket, and that's it. You'd that's have the it. whole day in front of you. Whole day to yourself. Yeah, I know. It says a lot. I know everybody's supposed to be ambitious and grind and blottity blah, blah, but come on. <laughs> hey, listen, this is this is Monday. You got to get after it. Yeah. And even if you're right now, if you're in a single occupancy tenant in, uh, sorry, tenement in New York, you got to keep on grinding. All right. Keep so, up the facade. Well, let's give them a little light at the end of the tunnel. What's coming up this week? All right, so we have uh, we have your interview with Tom O'Neill awesome. for the book Chaos. Awesome guy, great book. That book is so. It's about Charles Manson, who everybody knows who Charles Manson is. Uh, and I read the book Helter Skelter years ago, which was all about the trial. And then Tom O'Neill spent twenty years. Talk about persevering. Twenty years. He uh, it was originally supposed to be an article. Then it turned into a book. He got a book deal. He didn't deliver the book, so he got sued by the company for the advance he got. And then he took another however many years. And he's very open about it. You know, he just, he uh, he could have just done the article, gotten paid, and, you know. But he just, um, he really takes the case, explores it, talks to the people involved. This is all 30 years later. And uh, it's just not what everybody's always thought. There's a lot, not not that Charles Manson didn't do it, and the the rest of the people, but there's just uh, this whole conspiracy behind it, which is, and, and he doesn't necessarily say it's true or not. It's just here are the facts, here's what it is, and this is what's been presented to the public for many many years. And like many things, it just is not the whole truth. Put it that way. Well, well, I didn't read the book, but number one, I was surprised that he even took the interview with you and number two i was i was listening to the interview and you actually matt actually sounded intelligible unbelievable too engaged Engaged. i don't know he he must have (laughs) taken some sort of um what do they take adderall Adderall. you must have taken like six adderall before that podcast yeah well that's the only way i get through them without saying that in the middle of it some of the other interviews the person's like hello hello yeah do we do we lose do we lose the connection Actually, they hear the TV come on in the background. Right. <laughs> Fox News is blaring in the background. Or, or some. Oh wait, wait, some, hold on a second. They're talking about Trump. Yeah, Just or, give, give me, give me sixty seconds. Actually, it's more like reruns of uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> Just watching, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> and you were talking about the book uh, Chaotic. It's called Chaos. Yeah, Chaos. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. Well, it's no, it's, but it's it's a good interview. You, well, you guys should. It's gonna come. Uh, it's gonna go live five a.m. on this Wednesday. Was it the twentieth? What is yeah. this Wednesday? Yeah, yeah. So at four fifty nine a.m., our listening audience will be poised over their computers. Yeah, reload, reload, yeah. reload. Uh, you know, it's. I don't know if you have this 
Um, but certainly when I first started doing these interviews, because I've never done anything like that. I've never interviewed anyone about anything. And particularly doing it over Skype, I'm always worried there's going to be a technological problem, which hasn't happened to me yet. But then it, it's like, I never kind of know how the other person's going to be. Like, if I'm going to ask questions and they're going to say, yep, and like, that'll be it, you know, or it's, right, right. you know, if it's going to be awkward, if it's going to be stilted, and it, it hasn't happened to me yet, so... Um, I, I mean, I always go in with all of this stuff, very conversational, you know, it's, it's the foundation is we're discussing an article, a book or a topic, but it's like, I'm sitting down and having a cup of coffee with this person. I was listening to NPR in the car. This was like last year and Terry Gross was on, who's interviewed, I don't know, thousands of people, very high powered people, celebrities, you know, people work for government and all that. And she said... And this was the best piece of advice I've gotten. She starts with, tell me about yourself. And people like really respond to that. Like, yeah, just, yeah, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? And then it's like, how did you come to your profession? And my, my thing is like, I'm always interested in process. Like, how do you get that story? Like, how do you get an angle? How do you interview people? Like, you know, Amanda Yates Garcia, like, how did you get clients? How do you, that's what I'm not, not just the, whatever the book is or, you know, but like process really fascinates me. Yeah, me too. Like a creative process fast. Like how do you go about doing and then how are you being when you're doing, you know what I mean? And I also, I also love to hear, you know, the struggle. You know, it's it's like, okay, it's like, okay, you're interviewing this person, they wrote, you know, 10 books, and they're on top of the world. But what about when, you know, they were on their 100th submission that was rejected? It's like, you know, it's like, how did you work through that, that time in your life? I, I've submitted three short stories, and they were all rejected. So that's, I'm done. That's kind of, oh, you should stop. You should, you should have stopped after the first one. It's just a waste waste of time. (laughs) It's an absolute waste of time. And then I looked at all the Netflix I hadn't watched and I was like, what am I doing? What is this? What is, you know, come on. Um, what is the statistic? It would take like 350 years to watch like all the Netflix content. Isn't it some ridiculous yeah, and not I like Netflix, but a lot of their stuff is just kind of crap. I mean, it's like some of those shows. Their well, personal well, they, content's pretty good. They, their mantra is they'll you know just get everything out there. Yeah, you know, and I've I've watched Netflix content, some of their original stuff, and I'm like, whoa, this is not good. Some of it's uh, great, some though. some movies. Some series, but some of it's good. Yeah. And so it's, but it's not, it it's not unlike a, a network or a studio that does the same thing. Oh yeah. You know, they yeah. produce a ton of content and there, there are some gems and the others are not good. Well, to get back to the process thing, it's not just creative people, but I'm interested in somebody who like works at CVS. Like, you know, so many people who work at like office jobs you ask the question like what do you do at your job and it's never really a straightforward answer for i shouldn't say never but for a lot of people like it's just you know like okay you show up to work at nine o'clock you show up to work at eight forty-five, nine o'clock like what do you do 
Like, what does your day consist of? And it doesn't sound like a whole lot when people work for insurance companies, ad agencies, whatever. Like, I can never really tell what they do. And it, it, it just kind of fascinates me. Where it's like... They're, they're shuffling papers and answer, answering emails. Answering I mean, we've emails. spoken about this yeah. with, with bullshit jobs. Yeah. Is you're, you're just, you're taking up space. Yeah. But, you know, like... Somebody who works at, like, Cumberland Farms, like, they have definitive duties. Like, this is what you do. You show up at this time, and you stock this. You do the cash register. You do, the, you know. Like, those are more, like, you work on a construction site. Like, you show up. We're digging that ditch today. We're digging a, a drainage ditch or putting up this wall or whatever. Like, those are definitive tasks that, like, get done. Whereas so many of these other jobs, it's like, yeah, check my calendar get on a conference call, <laughs> we answer emails, have a meeting, da-da-da. It's like, wow, okay. Uh, so well, Yeah, I mean, the, in, the, in the service economy, you're right. I mean, it's like, and, and then we're getting like, I think we were going to talk about this, like crazy job titles, like chief of people or like... <laughs> you know head strategist like what are you what jobs. are you doing yeah that's what i want i want one of those jobs where you just sort of you know you don't really have any you you chief head of human capital yeah. that's that's what you want matt yeah, and always I, <laughs> yeah. I, I see you in that position every time i see you you're rubbing your hands together yeah yeah. Just get getting ready for the big speech. Because I would have the big sticky pieces of paper that go up on the wall. I'd have breakout sessions. We'd brainstorm. You know, nothing would really get accomplished. But it'd be, it, we'd have markers and Sharpies. And, and just diesels. like buckets of stress balls. Stress that would balls. be your thing. Just pull, just pulling and grabbing yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be so good at that. <laughs> I'd be so good at that. All right. So what's our next podcast? We have Tom O'Neill with Chaos. Excellent podcast. And then we do a thought experiment. Yeah. If you eliminated alcohol from the equation, from work, social gatherings, and we go through the process of would anyone show up to a baseball game? How awkward would be um, a social function after work? The company picnic. Unfortunately, when you throw out the line, imagine fill in the blank without alcohol. I think most of our listeners are going to be turned off from that. I think they just shut off the podcast. Forget it. I don't even want to contemplate this universe. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it is, it's funny because alcohol, which is a drug, is so socially acceptable, right? Yeah, yeah. Although it's become so like, more socially acceptable to not drink. I'll say that. It has. But I would say that cigarettes is I think now, like when we, maybe like 10, 20 years ago, um, it wasn't so much, but now it's pretty socially unacceptable and sometimes not a lot, not permitted to smoke in like a restaurant, a hotel, a lobby, even outside. If you're smoking outside, people will give you a dirty look. I don't know any, I mean, I guess this varies state to state, but I don't, I can't imagine a restaurant. I can't imagine any place indoors that is not a private residence where you would be allowed to smoke. I, I can't even think of one. 
but you can, I mean, you have to be of age, obviously, but you can pretty much drink freely anywhere and act and basically get, you know, shit canned and act like a jackass. And that's perfectly fine. Well, I mean, you can't drink in a public park and things like that. You're not supposed to do that. You can't. Yeah, but you could, but you can put, can't you put, um, the can in like a, a brown paper bag and drink? You know, that used to be the thing in New York. You could just do that. And then, remember, they really cracked down on that. You couldn't do it. You'd get tickets for that. And they, um, I remember I was in Manhattan and I happened to go by this specialty beer store. And they had a can of like, it was like a 24 ounce can of some German beer. <clears throat> so I bought one. I lived in Brooklyn, put it in a paper bag, did not open it. I was not intending to drink it like on the train. It was, it was good. I mean, it was expensive. So. I was going to bring it to a party or something like that. And I get down into the subway station and this cop sees me and he goes, all right, put it down, put it down. And I'm like, what, put what? And he's like the beer, put the beer down. And he starts taking out his ticket book. And I said, no, 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 it's not open. It's not open. And he's like, yeah, you can't have that in a paper bag. And I said, no, I'm bringing it home. (laughs) I didn't open it. Like I'm not drinking it. Did he give you the ticket? No, he was like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And I'm then thinking, like, can you not buy beer in Manhattan and bring it to Brooklyn anymore? <laughs> like, what well, I'm this? I'm sure he's you know he's encountered so many individuals. Well, doing it was Giuliani old... time. It was Giuliani. They were oh, down good old Giuliani. He's ta- he's taking a left turn. A uh, little bit, a little bit into an international criminal. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, but I would say I would like if you were in a park like having a picnic and people are drinking beer wine whatever if you that would be fun, perfectly normal uh if you lit up a cigarette no you're like a social pariah they don't want you around oh you're their kids and, and like if you like if you're an executive or someone who works for like a philip morris you're you're demonized but if you are you know head of marketing for bud you know, you're getting slapped on the back and your buddies are hitting you up for Super Bowl tickets. Well, to be fair, most people don't have a drinking problem. I mean, most people can have, you know, two or three beers. Maybe on the weekends they go a little wild. But cigarettes have no value at all. I mean, they're just straight up terrible for you. Uh, and they'll kill right, you. Right, but if you look at statistics, right... Of the amount of accidents, uh, deaths, uh, domestic violence, um, uh, rape, where booze was involved, it's yeah. it, it it outshines tobacco by a lot. Well, no, you're not gonna get pulled over for smoking a cigarette. I mean, it doesn't impair your driving, obviously. But you know, I, I guess people just view it differently. It's like you know, you can have two drinks and be perfectly fine and you can have two drinks every day for the rest of your life and you'll be fine cigarettes i mean you know they're they're addictive and i guess it was the the nature of the idea of not telling people what was going on and so this is also you know america is the land of the mixed messages in europe i think smoking is down but i don't think people look at you like you're the devil incarnate People still kind of smoke in restaurants and things like that. And drinking is more kind of, I guess, I don't know. I think they tend to see Americans as very puritanical. Uh, 
and and we well, do. I think we just we just choose like which drug that we're okay with. Like look at pot or marijuana. Like pot and marijuana is demonized. You know, there's well, it's it's definitely changing in states like Colorado and California, and Massachusetts. The the tide is turning, but when you know you turn back the clock 10, 15 years, if you were smoking marijuana, you were a loser. That I will never forget that howdy doody looking idiot Jeff Sessions standing up there, <laughs> a public official saying good people don't smoke marijuana like you're some sort of judge of people's character you slimy little shit i mean are you that offended me so much like are you oh my god those people just drive me there's nothing there's nothing that people love more than other people telling them how to live their life yeah let's see what you have cooking jeff in your personal life yeah let's open the door (laughs) to that consciousness well remember that guy larry craig he was a republican senator i think from or congressman from minnesota staunchly anti-gay marriage anti-gay lifestyle big moral crusader He's in the bathroom of an airport looking for a hand job. <laughs> like, that's healthy. That's healthy. Pre- pretty much now is if you come out as vehemently anti-gay, let's just say gay as an example, you are guaranteed that you're a closeted homosexual. I could, Almost the, guaranteed. I mean, there are some people who are uncomfortable with it. Fine. You know, whatever. But yeah. When like there's no other reason for you to care so much about what two consenting yeah, why, adults. Yeah, why why is this such a big deal? And why, why do why you are care you thinking about it? Why why are you pondering this? Why are you even? Why does it even? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, know. what so so far as like with sex is like I don't whatever you want to do with two consenting adults. Now, once we get children involved, well, no, uh, course, yeah, abuse no. and all that stuff, obviously that. The question answers itself. But two consenting adults, listen, have at it. You guys want to light some (laughs) candles. You want to take some whips out. Um, You're, you know, you like people of the same sex. Uh, You're pan. You're whatever it is. Hey, have a ball. Have fun. As long as no one's getting hurt. Hey, why do you care? You have some sort of apparatus involved. Maybe you've got an adult playpen. Maybe you're sure. wearing adult well, diapers. <laughs> why not? Have fun with it. <laughs> Maybe it's a it's an adult nursery school situation. I'm just running through some different scenarios here in, in my yeah. head. These are all hypothetical. Yeah, nothing yeah, that I've, I've done. Throw it, throw it out there. Throw it out there. All right, everybody. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Please stay tuned for those podcasts this week. We always appreciate your support. Look for us on Patreon. Uh, we haven't, I'm going to be honest. We haven't done a whole lot with Patreon. We got to get on that. Our website's almost there. We move kind of slow here at the working experience. A snail's pace. Yeah. The website's coming out. We're, uh, um, you'll, you'll be able, you can buy our, our homeo industrious shirt right now. Yeah. Teespring. If you want to grab that, grab that. Uh, But once the website's up, it's going to be super easy to purchase merch we're going to have some mugs, T-shirts, some new designs, the logo, all that good stuff. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening, and stay tuned. And, and the website is theworkingexperience.com. 
And as always, if you guys have any questions or you want to vent or, you know, humiliate and trash us, email us at work at theworkingexperience.com. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of The Working Experience. We'd like to thank our sponsors, One Circle Media and the Still Believe app, the only app that delivers video proof of the Tooth Fairy and Santa by simply taking a picture. Download the app at stillbelieve.co today and amaze your kids. And if you work for a studio, network, startup, or corporation and are looking for a partner to create media that will build, engage, and entertain your audience, reach out to me at john at onecirclemedia.com. I would love to hear from you. And that's it. The end. The sweet end. Until our next audio encounter.